The Strategic Innovation Fund is investing £450 million in energy network innovation because the challenge of rapidly decarbonizing our energy networks is enormous. But we can do this. With collaboration, we can make the leap. A giant leap together. Welcome back to the Bright Spark podcast from Innovate UK in partnership with Ofgem. I'm Matt Hastings, and this is episode three. We started this time with a short clip from our animated film on the theme of a giant leap together. Go find it online to see it in full. We put the YouTube link in the episode's show notes. Today, we're setting about unpacking that phrase, a giant leap together a phrase that is so important to our mission here at the Strategic Innovation Fund. What is a giant leap together? What does it mean? Who does it apply to? And what do we need it to achieve in the increasingly urgent race to net zero? And yes, it is deliberately chosen to echo Neil Armstrong's giant leap on the moon. This net zero push is without doubt the most urgent moonshot for all of us, not just in the energy networks, but for the whole energy sector too. It needs to involve networks, suppliers, consumers, investors, regulators, policymakers, innovators, and funders like us here at Innovate UK. We need to work together to urgently reform how we work to solve this problem. And that's what we're about to explore. We've not got a very long time at all. Seven football world cups, seven more Olympics. And if we're sticking with the moon theme, 18-ish total eclipses. We are leading the world in energy transition. But the question is, how much more can we achieve if we take the giant leap together? I'm really pleased that we're hearing shortly from Randolph Brazier, Director of Innovation and Electricity Systems at the Energy Networks Association, one of our key partners in the delivery of the Strategic Innovation Fund. We're also looking under the bonnet of an exciting tool being developed by an innovative Oxford-based company involved in one of the SIF consortia. At Faraday, we're developing the central nervous system for the future net zero energy system. We've built a highway communication platform for a lot of data sets to be exchanged and actually be communicated with one another. Faraday uses artificial intelligence to surface millions of key data points across the networks. I hope you'll find it another really insightful, interesting episode. And as always, I'm joined by a fantastic member of the Strategic Innovation Fund team, And this time, it's my friend and colleague, Kate Jones. How are you doing, Kate? Great, thanks. I'm back. (laughs) Woohoo! So, Kate, now we're talking about Giant Leap Together, our sector-wide operating model that's really trying to carve the year up into four distinct chunks of activity to really help the networks and help innovators to really think and do in different ways. How would you describe Giant Leap Together? So I'm going to stick with the moon theme here, Matt. Nice. So, you know, there's the story of John F. Kennedy going to NASA Space Center, speaking to the man in the, with the broom saying, what, what are you doing? And he says, I'm helping to put men on the moon. That man wasn't just a janitor. He was a member of the NASA space team and he contributed to the overall mission of putting the man on the moon. He understood the importance of teamwork 
and he understood that his contribution to the overall mission. Giant Leap Together is about bringing everybody in and cultivating this culture of collaboration so that we can get there quicker. I absolutely love that. And yeah, I think the space mission is a really good example of something that had to happen incredibly quickly. It required a completely new way of working. And the worst thing about net zero is every week and every month that goes by, the target gets steeper and steeper and steeper. We've not got a very long time at all. 28 years, what, seven football World Cups, six, if you like, rugby more, seven more Olympics. And if we're sticking with the moon theme, that's 18-ish total eclipses and maybe nine total solar eclipses. So we've not got long and we've got to work out how we work best together to achieve some of that. We need about a 75% emissions reduction within the electricity system in the next eight years. And that is an enormous and profound fundamental change. And I think what Giant Leap Together does is really start to mobilise the sector in a new way kind of lights a fire underneath the innovator community and the networks to really help them to work collaboratively together as we move forward. There's a very clear timetable for this giant leap together innovation process. It's got four stages that we call challenge setting, targeted ideation, incubation and acceleration. As we release this episode in spring 2022, the next challenges are about to be made public. Then we'll have a three-month targeted ideation phase when innovative ideas take shape to address those challenges. After that, in the third quarter of the year, collaborations form and partnerships are incubated, pulling in all of the great ideas that we've heard about during ideation. Then finally, acceleration is where the projects apply for funding and start their work. I think the other interesting angle to this is on the international side of things. You know, we have got some of the best capability in the world in this country in terms of the research base, in terms of the technical aspects of the networks. We've got a forward thinking regulator. But we're also conscious that there's a lot of global players in the US and Europe and across the world who really want to use the Strategic Innovation Fund to demonstrate their capability in this country for the benefit of UK consumers. And I think what Giant League Together is, enables us to do, it's, it's almost like a magnet for talent and bringing in that talent from across the world. Next up in this episode, I've been speaking about all of this with the Director of Innovation and Electricity Systems at the Energy Networks Association, Randolph Brazier. As Energy Networks, you know, it's, it's our role to enable this transition. We've had quite a good history um, under the regulations that are currently set in innovating and in uh, bringing on new technologies, uh, you know, making the grid smarter, enabling the connection of these new devices. However, there's still quite a long way to go and there's still a lot that we need to learn. There's a real role here for us working together and bringing this giant leap together principle into practice. What role do you see partner organisations such as entrepreneurs and other innovators having in this and supporting the networks and the wider energy system? 
the advantage of working with startups, uh, SMEs, innovators, etc., is that they bring new perspectives to how we can enable that transition, but they also bring a lot of skills, technologies and techniques from other sectors or other areas that can be hugely beneficial and that you know we may not have originally thought of as networks. So a good example is in the uh, data and digital space. So obviously when you're connecting millions of devices, you need to have a much smarter grid and you need to have a lot better understanding of what's happening on that grid. So dealing with sort of millions of different data points and millions of different transactions, that's something that happens quite a lot in other industries and particularly in, in tech type industries. So we can learn a lot from people bringing uh, tools and techniques from those industries and innovating to enable them on the gas and electricity networks. So I think they're absolutely critical in enabling this transition because while we've done a pretty good job to date, there's still a long way to go. You know, we use the giant leap together phrase as something across the energy systems. But like you say, there's definitely something around bringing in other sectors. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, just as examples, the water sector, the rail sector, they all are large asset management companies, which are similar to networks or might have similar challenges around asset management. But there's even just um, new ways of working around things like even vulnerability. Yep. This is going to be a huge, well, it is, a, it is a huge topic at the minute in the news, particularly with the energy crisis. How do you think we could work better with, say, like the water industry or even any of the other utilities um, to support vulnerability? Yeah, it's a really good question, Kate. Um, you know, people in vulnerable circumstances, they're not just vulnerable in one energy vector. You know, they've, they've probably or almost certainly interacting with water interacting with gas, interacting with electricity. They're probably taking different forms of transport. They have uh, mobile phone and telecommunications connections, etc. They probably use the internet and things like that. So if we brought those different sectors together, those different areas, whether they be utilities or, or other people and other services, we can probably, first of all, get a better understanding of who is vulnerable and what the different types of vulnerability are because there's not you know there's not just one type of course uh, but once we understand or better understand who they are and what different type of vulnerability they have then we can work together with those other services and other utilities to provide better services and better support for them that is very much in line with the whole systems approach, which you hear a lot bandied about in the industry and, and often sounds quite nebulous and no one really knows what it means. But I think that's a, a classic use case, vulnerable customers, of how you can bring different sectors in different areas together to help better identify people, get better data, but then also provide them with a better service and a better, ultimately a better outcome for their lives. But I suppose ultimately, if we're all working together as well, it's about delivering that value for money, about the networks being an enabler for a lot of these technologies. You know, everybody needs water still, everybody needs transport still. What else do you think needs to happen to bring in these other, other um sectors, but also what else needs to happen to draw in other people from across the energy systems? 
Mm-hmm. That is a perennial challenge, is trying to break down the silos, trying to foster collaboration, foster innovation, foster better working together. Part of it is bringing in cross-sector parties and entities. UKRI, and you guys are a good example, you don't just focus on energy networks, for example. You look across the piece with other sectors, other utilities, other entities. I think working with partners like yourself, partners like the Energy System Catapult, um, government, etc., I think that's really critical. Uh, I think also um, regulators need to work closer together. So obviously you've got entities like Ofcom, uh, Ofwat, Ofgem. I think these guys need to work closer together. And I know they've started doing that. And I think more generally as well, we as energy networks, we need to start exploring, you know, beyond our comfort zone and beyond our usual partners and and usual collaborators to sort of explore some of these other areas, try and understand how we can learn from other sectors and and better collaborate with them. At the end of the day, there's pretty much no sector or no area of society that doesn't need energy. You know, energy is effectively essential to human life, to businesses, etc. So we do we do interact with all different types of sectors and people but we've just got to go and uh, work better with them and understand their needs and, and uses better, but also understand how they can help us. Because when you think about things like flexibility, a lot of these other sectors and areas can actually really support us in our transition to net zero. Randolph, thank you for your time today. That's been really, really interesting. And I'm super excited to be working with you and the rest of the team at ENA on the giant leap together. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kate. Really great to be here and really looking forward to working together as well. Thanks for being with us for BrightSpark, a podcast from Innovate UK. We run the Strategic Innovation Fund, or SIF, for the UK energy regulator, Ofgem. To find out more, check out the link in the description box below on your podcast player. Or just Google Ofgem SIF, that's Ofgem and the letters S-I-F. This episode is all about the journey we're on, which we are calling Giant Leap Together. We're unpacking all that that means and the intent behind it to innovate and to bring about massive positive change for energy consumers and for net zero, and to push the UK ever so closer to that key goal of becoming the Silicon Valley of energy. So far in this episode, we've been banging the drum for innovators talking about the massive value to be had in collaboration between the energy networks, the entrepreneurs, the people with ideas and the people that can really spark change. It's time now to speak to one of those innovators to find out more about how they see the challenge and the opportunity of being involved in the Strategic Innovation Fund. My name is Ali Safari and I'm the founder and chief executive of Faraday. Um, I founded Faraday around three years ago to find the highest possible way that I can have an impact on fighting the climate change. Thanks so much, Ali, for joining us. Can you tell me a wee bit more about what Faraday does? Um, sure. What's your elevator pitch? <laughs> At Faraday, we're developing the central nervous system for the future net zero energy system. I guess that's very high level. So let me elaborate a little bit more. 
for this purpose, we are looking at Bristol. It's a map. On the map, you have lots of different data layers, right? You have the existing infrastructure, i.e. the electrical substations and assets and cables. You know, then you have an area that you have selected and you want to you want to figure out, okay, in this area, I want to have, I want to install this particular technology, right? Then the platform does all of the analysis for you in terms of, okay, what are the power requirements? Whether the, the local network can support that development. And then on top of that, you have the entire planning data sets on, for example, like what are the potential planning risks that you have? So what are the flood zones? What are the protected buildings, the listed buildings? For example, you know, in this area here, is it a residential area, retail, leisure, you know, office, etc. And why is that important in particular for the EV industry? Is because, you know, if you go into a cinema and if you want to electrify the, the car park in that cinema, you don't want a rapid EV charger there, right? You're going to be watching a movie for two hours. In this location here, you know, this type of charges would, would be sufficient, right? And without that, that data set, you won't be able to make those, those decisions. The other phenomenal thing that, that you can see, and this is, this is an innovation that we have done and no one else in the market has done it. So what you can see here is a heat map of electricity demand down to postcode level. The strong red that you see, that means those areas, they have a lot of demand on the local network. So imagine those areas, you want to electrify heating, i.e. you want to change the, you know, the gas boilers to electric boilers. Immediately you know, even just, just with looking at it, at the, at the holistic picture, immediately you know those areas, you will have trouble. Because the local electricity network can't cope with them. You can see, for example, in these areas here, there are light yellow, which means the electricity the, the electricity demand is not is not that intense in those areas. So actually, you can elect electrify transport there. You can electrify heat in those areas. A lot of the net zero decision making that we need to make, they are locational dependent, and this is exactly what we offer. And actually, this data layers is giving those planners or decision makers what they need in order to make optimal decisions. Thanks for that. Often when we speak about these power flows and data working together, we speak about digital twins. Can you tell me and some of the listeners that might not know what that means? Of course. I think at the heart of this amazing energy revolution that we are, that, that we are, we are experiencing, Faraday is addressing the, uh, the digitalization challenge. So, so far, we've got 400 million data points across 60 different datasets and 10 independent um, core fields, which you can search through that in less than two seconds. We call this system that we have built an AI-powered digital twin for the energy system. Wow, that is a lot of touch points. And that system will probably need a lot of data from a lot of different players, right? That's exactly what it is, right? So I think the way to think about it is we've, we've built a highway communication platform for a lot of data sets to be exchanged and actually be communicated with one another so we can we can enable decision making in in the future energy system so we met each other through you being involved on one of the strategic innovation fund projects navigation can you 
tell us a little bit about that project and what Faraday are trying to do? Basically, we, we, we crossed paths with Seth quite, uh, you know, accidentally. I was speaking with our existing investors, Donna Energy, with Ian Merchant and Nigel Ellis, and we agreed that actually in order for our nation to deliver the net zero ambition that we have, we need to have cross-fuel collaboration, collaborating between power, gas, hydrogen, and water. And then we've decided, actually, can we put together a consortium that we can present different members which they uniquely bring expertise in these different things? We, we formed a consortium, which the consortium now is led by Southern Gas Network, SGN. Initially, the project will, will, will focus on addressing the electrification of mobility, challenge, mobility challenges, which we have two other amazing innovators with us, Intelligent Power Generators, or IPG, which provide a fuel-agnostic, pollutant-free power generators. And, actually, and, and the other one is Smart Power Networks which they provide intelligent control and integration to the grid. So that's that's the initial phase of the project. But in, in subsequent phases, we're bringing a water utility and also a hydrogen production company, which they can generate green hydrogen. So Faraday will act as a glue, which will provide that strategic insights. And different members in the consortium will also benefit from it because you know we're also innovating on, on the commercial models that that everybody can actually benefit from from the pain points that is going to be in the electricity network. I love that analogy of you're going to be like the glue. Just shows how important collaborative working is. What is your experience to date of working with the energy networks? Um, you know, when when you're pioneering a new concept, the natural response is, is often not to be receptive, which is completely understandable, right? Especially if you're working with you know, the the network or the energy network companies. And this is because of the nature of the, the business that they, they run. However, I think one of the things I was I was genuinely surprised when I had interactions at the board level with SGN, the project the, the project partner that we're working with, these leaders they understand the magnitude of the challenges which is coming. The other thing that they do is is, you know, if they realize that an innovator, they're generally creating value and actually they want they want to implement positive change, they do allocate resources internally. Those leadership sort of like, you know, mindset is actually distilled to to frontline staff as well. And our our experience of working with SGN engineers so far has has been absolutely fantastic and phenomenal. That's really good to hear. And it's good that you've had that interaction across the different levels within the network as well. Thinking wider now, so thinking about working collaboratively across the energy sector, what barriers do you think we need to overcome to help innovators and small companies work together with the networks? I think, um, you know, our, our government has done an absolutely phenomenal job so far in the electricity network to to incentivize and actually encourage the network operators to open data. So our government, the whole world, they're leading on, on data openness policies, right, which is enabling innovators like us to come and take the data sets which is available and actually innovate on that. Now, the gas network operators and the water network operators, they're historically behind electricity network operators. Not that they don't want to share data sets, not that they, they don't see the value of doing it, but the fact that, you know, if, if, if there was some government incentive or some government sort of like indication that actually it's okay to do that, then we could have sort of innovated much faster. That's really interesting. And I suppose opening up these collaborations 
and opening that data to everybody has huge opportunities. This is exactly goes back to why we do what we do on Faraday, right? So fundamentally, we are on a race against time to fight climate change and our economies, they need to grow sustainably and, and we need to you know create sustainable jobs to, to ensure that, that the society is progressing in the, in the right direction. And in order to do that, innovation is not only about us bringing the technology. It's also about, you know, the regulation and actually the policy landscape, which as a nation, we have an, an extremely great track record of doing that. You know, the Energy Network Association, Ofgem, Bayes, they've been phenomenal at coming up with bold, you know, policy design to push the industry in the right, in the right direction. The other thing is actually investments. So one of the things that that are, we've experienced here in the UK or in our ecosystem is we have visionary investors which they genuinely want to make the net zero transition work. And the third thing is around the commercial models, right? So there is a lot of value to be created at the at the back of like digitalization. We are innovating on a daily basis on different commercial models for different stakeholders. And the message for them is clear. So let's let's come up with a win-win proposal. It doesn't mean that if you're gonna give us your data sets, it doesn't mean that if you're gonna be working together, we you know we want that free of charge. That's you know what what we have spent a lot of time thinking on how we can innovate also on the commercial models, which I think is is necessary because otherwise these solutions won't scale, which which is not which is the point of actually like, you know, let's let's get to net zero as soon as possible. Why do you think it's important for companies like Faraday to be involved in innovation programs like the Strategic Innovation Fund? The pace of the change, which is happening in the energy industry, is sometimes even overwhelming for a leading AI startup like us. The tech itself moves extremely fast. At Faraday, we are innovating on a day-to-day basis. Our innovation cycle is two to four weeks. The multidisciplinary skill set that we bring to the table, the agility that we have in order to respond to changes and actually like solve problems in a much quicker and more agile way is something that, that we can offer to the energy network companies. And I think the message to them is very clear. We can help you to transform your business models Faraday is not the only innovator out there in the energy space. There are lots of other amazing innovators like us as well. And quite frankly, they each one of them, they bring a unique sets of skill set and expertise and, and services to the market that, you know, without that, that collaboration, we won't be able to, to have the impact that, that, that we can. I just want to touch on one point that you said about your two to four week innovation period. I find that really interesting. Part of the Strategic Innovation Fund is about failing fast, finding those ideas that are not right, discovering quickly that they're not right and moving on to the next one. And I think without collaboration and having um, that innovation culture of being able to do that, that's not possible. At Faraday, everybody's encouraged to make mistakes. As long as they're learning from it and actually like moving fast and iterating is, is absolutely fine, right? Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. And I think just to kind of tie it into the episode theme here, Giant Leap Together is all about 
taking these steps together, filling the gaps that other partners might have, working collaboratively to reach that common goal of meeting net zero? Absolutely. The amount of innovation that is required is so vast. We are moving to a complete unknown, a territory that even myself, with an amazing team of engineers, strategies, and commercial people, sometimes I struggle to get my head around. For a very long time, I myself didn't take the giant leap. But I decided to change that mindset and that perspective and trust the process. That was the only way to grow. You know, then, then my team also started to trust me and took the giant leap together with me. And we brought the best out of each other and out of the company. And I'm incredibly humble to be leading that team, but just look at what we have achieved over the last year. I really think that our energy industry in the UK also facing a similar dilemma. We are leading the world in energy transition, but the question is, how much more can we achieve if we take the giant leap together? It'd certainly be challenging and a, and a tough journey ahead, but is the reward not worth it at the end? Do we really want to leave a disturbed planet for children and grandchildren with potentially inhabitable climates? Or do we think if we took the giant leap together, we can fight climate change on time and decarbonize our, our energy system? Can we set the example for the world to follow? That's a really nice note to, to finalize the, the interview on. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So some of the key takeaways from today's episode are that everybody wants to play a part in meeting net zero, but everyone realizes they've got to do that together. And I think that we realize that it's okay if we get things wrong, but we just need to resolve that quickly and move on to the next idea. The other thing that I think is that we've got real opportunities to not only learn from each other within the energy sector, but to look outside of our own sector and the silos that we that, that are there and learn from other sectors such as space, water, finance. There's loads of opportunities there for us to work together, you know, and doing that is really going to create some value for money for consumers. We've talked a lot in this episode about the scale of the challenge and the scope of the ambition that we have. There's just time before we finish up to look at timescales and next steps. Let's bring back Innovate UK's Matt Hastings for the final few minutes. There's a very clear timetable for this giant leap together innovation process. It's got four stages that we call challenge setting, targeted ideation, incubation and acceleration. As we release this episode in spring 2022, the next challenges are about to be made public. Then we'll have a three-month targeted ideation phase when innovative ideas take shape to address those challenges. After that, in the third quarter of the year, collaborations form and partnerships are incubated, pulling in all of the great ideas that we've heard about during ideation. Then finally, Acceleration is where the projects apply for funding and start their work. And it's really in acceleration where we can start to put rocket boosters, to use your analogy, Kay, 
on a lot of these innovations and really send them up to the next level. So that's when the Strategic Innovation Fund challenges will open in September time. But it's also when we're hoping to bring the entire energy sector together for a brand new Energy Innovation Summit. And this summit is almost like COP26. We're going to bring together the real change makers to focus in on the key challenges of our time and work together as a sector, something that we haven't been great at historically, to really zone in on how we're going to solve some of these problems. And I just can't wait for that dynamic where you're going to have the best innovators from government-funded programs, the best innovators from off-gen-funded programs, the best innovators from across UK research and innovation and the academic base, working together, sharing insights, learning from each other, and ultimately helping us to get to where we need to get to. Yeah, everyone's got a common interest here. And it'd be great at these sessions, at this event you're speaking about, the summit, if we didn't just talk about the things we're doing, are we actually gonna get around a table and start problem solving? I would love for us to do some sort of hackathon style a round table when we get all different players into the room and actually work on a problem end to end during the event space. And Kate, as we're discussing that exciting caucus planned for Glasgow in September, let's finish this episode by hearing a bit more of your conversation with Randolph Brazier at the Energy Networks Association. With long experience of bringing the industry together, they are working in a great partnership with us here at Innovate UK, the Department for Business, Ofgem and others to make the most of this year's opportunity. Yeah, really exciting. The, the, the summit for short, you know, previously the Energy Networks Innovation Conference, which was held virtually for the last two years, of course, um, due to COVID. But now, um, fortunately and hopefully, uh, back in person in Glasgow, although there will be a hybrid element as well. So I think there's a huge opportunity here to um, use this platform to, you know, really showcase what we're doing and and hopefully, you know, get more investment in UK PLC, get those exports flowing, get those services flowing to other countries as well. Because the UK, at the end of the day, when it comes to the energy transition and the innovation space, we are very much leading globally. So this should be a really good opportunity for us to do that. And I think with you guys on board, also government, Department of International Trade, et cetera, you know, we've got, we've got the right players around the, the table to be able to help us do that. Yeah, so at Randolph, you've probably heard me say, I keep using the phrase hashtag squad goals. <laughs> I think the giant leap together, bringing everyone together is is really going to be the envy of the whole energy sector and other sectors. You know, let's show them how it's done. Yeah, definitely. I like, I like, I like hashtag squad goals. That's good. Hashtag squad goals. Now look, I'm not cool enough to know what that actually means, but luckily Kate is. I still prefer Giant Leap Together, to be honest, but, you know, there's room for both, I guess. Thanks to Randolph Brazier from the Energy Networks Association, and a big thanks to Faraday's Ali Safari, who we heard from earlier. Thanks to Kate Jones for being my co-presenter this time out on the podcast. My name is Matt Hastings. BrightSpark is an Innovate UK podcast about the brilliant work being supported under the umbrella of Ofgem's Strategic Innovation Fund. To find out more about the Strategic Innovation Fund, just head online to ofgem.gov.uk forward slash SIF 
That link is also in the written description that accompanies this episode in your podcast player. Brightspark is a bespoken media production for Innovate UK in partnership with Ofgem. Thanks again for giving us your time and your attention this episode. Bye for now.